everybody, and welcome back to Mrs. G's Storytime. We are reading the book Father Ten Boom, God's Man by Corey Ten Boom, with permission of Lighthouse Trails Publishing and the Ten Boom Foundation. And we are finishing up Chapter 8, Silver Wedding. Mother and father celebrated their silver wedding anniversary in 1909, while William was continuing his studies. Her diary entry for this time tells of her thankfulness for God's blessings in her life. September the 24th, 1909. Tomorrow we begin our anniversary celebrations. I want to begin this entry with my husband and tell him that he has been the best and only one for me. He has been so faithful, looking after me so patiently, and led me, and I have no words to describe it. Oh, I wish I had the gift to say it and to say it well. May the Lord bless him with all his love and grant that we may stay together for many years to come. How blessed we are in our children because they love and trust us so much. How we have prayed for them from the very beginning, not only from their birth, but long before that time. How lovely Betsy looked with her pure face and fair curls. She's been the dearest eldest daughter to us. May the Lord bless and keep her and make her very happy in her future life. Then comes my son. He was greatly blessed during this past year. The Lord kept him through many dangers of soul and body. May God cause him to become a faithful servant of his. He has been a good son to us and a good brother to the girls. When I look at other young people these days, I would not have him any different. Noli passed her examinations with good marks. She did not want to become a teacher and is often rebellious. But she admits that the Lord is busy with her and she is learning to follow. Corey is now at domestic science school and is having many experiences which are absolutely strange to her, especially with worldly matters and non-Christians. We are very much at peace about her because we know that she is in the Lord's hands and is in the world, but not of this world. That Old Testament feeling. When William completed his studies, the time came for him to enter the active ministries. I knew the ties of affection between him and the happy home could not remain as close as they had been. And I wrote about it to a friend. It seems so strange to us that William is going to leave home for his first position as an assistant pastor. After I'd helped him pack his suitcases, we sat down at the dinner table, all looking a little depressed. Father said, Nobody needs to be sad about William's leaving. We know he is going out into God's work. He has the full blessing of his father and mother. Father's words gave me such an Old Testament feeling as I recall how, in old times, the patriarchs blessed their children. What great value the paternal blessing had in those days. The father truly represented God in his family. And William experienced this in a very real way. Home in Maud. Soon afterwards, William found a very precious pearl. Teen Von Veen. The young sister of Dr. Von Veen, our family doctor, accepted William's proposal to become his life partner. William was a minister in the small town of Maud from 1916 to 1920. Their first babies were born there. Teen fitted into the role of pastor's wife very well. She was a source of constant encouragement and moral support to William, who found it difficult to minister among the rural population. The good and solid and sometimes stubborn Dutch farmers by no means accepted all that William preached, although he tried to express his spiritual experience in terms that they would understand. William was very fortunate in having a wife who possessed what he did not have, a special gift of expression. 
the many beautiful poems she wrote are a lasting testimony. Teen used to say, My father digs the gold, I beat it into coins. Her prayer life was also a vital factor in William's ministry. He wrote to the Bayer, The scope of my ministry seems to be diminishing, and we are getting more and more depressed. Yes, but also the Lord sustains and helps us more and more. I am very weary of preaching without response. During this past week, the Sunday morning service loomed before us like a high mountain. But this morning, Teen stayed home and spent the whole time in prayer for me. The church was fuller than I had expected, and the Lord surprised me by granting me unusual support and greater boldness. William lacked the practical insight necessary to solve the many small problems of a village parish. He soon came to grips with the matter of education and urged the creation of a Christian school. In this, he seemed to come into conflict with some of the rich and influential church members. When he refused to compromise, persecution and hostility set in. Many a desperate call for prayer found its way from William to the Bordeljolestrat during those days. There, in the living room behind the watch shop, they were brought daily before the throne of God. Father was particularly affected by William's problems. He usually left the job of letter-writing to the women of the family, but in such a time of crisis, he wrote a warm-hearted, personal letter to William and his wife. June the 24th, 1919. My dear children, we bring your needs daily before the throne, and we know that he who has all power will answer and reveal his glory, even using these difficulties. As for you, I believe what is happening to you can be compared to an oak tree, which is being violently shaken by a storm, but which therefore reaches down its roots even more firmly into the ground. You have chosen to follow the Lord. He has given you grace so your trumpet may not give an uncertain sound, with the result that you are now experiencing persecution and hatred. Satan is rearing his head and will certainly try you often. God is holding your hand, so do not be anxious. A first battle like this is a big thing for a young recruit. However, this is a real school, and God is teaching you precious lessons. It will not stay dark and difficult forever. Who knows how soon the Lord will give light and joy in your church. A letter to a doubting theologian. William's letters to the Bay became more and more depressed. Both he and Teen felt isolated and lonely in Maud, surrounded as they were by stony-hearted farmers. There were many problems, but worse than that, Bible criticism and doubt had slowly begun to eat away at William's faith. There is a tone of unusual firmness in the letter which William received from Father during this time. Dear son, before I leave on a journey, I want to write to you about a few things, and at the same time, I want to do whatever I can to express my love for you and your family. You know very well how we are all taking part in the difficulties you are experiencing in Maud. The main thing I can do is to pray, and we are all doing that. Now, William, you are my son, and you resemble me in more ways than one. You may be sure that Satan knows your weak points and will touch your Achilles heel in times of turmoil and despair. I also know how hard it is when someone tells you of your faults, even if it's your own father. When I write to you the following, it is because I love you, because I know you and myself a little bit. In your letters, I sense an undertone of doubt as to whether the Bible is really and truly God's word. Now, you can be sure, William, the Bible criticism will bring death wherever it goes. 
Man's reasoning and the authority of the Bible seem to be irreconcilability opposed. But is this also the case of predestination and man's responsibility? Is there only one truth in these matters? Yes, I'm sure there is. But here is this earthly life. Apparent contradictions will remain. The ground on which we build our hope does not lie in man's knowledge, but in God's faithfulness. Science, be it theology, philosophy, or history, undoubtedly has its value. But the words, for we know in part, apply especially in this realm. One day in heaven we will have a complete insight and knowledge, but here below we have to grasp many things without fully understanding them. We have to make a clear choice between man's scientific criticism and the declaration, it is written. We're going to end right now, and I know this is the short the short one, but I wanted to get back onto reading chapters at a time, so I want to get back on that schedule again. But there was a lot in that chapter just to think about and to and to uh, mull over and meditate about. And so I pray that you do that and think about that and to take a Father Ten Boom's uh, wisdom in consideration and to learn from this man of uh, this dear saint of old. Uh, remember in Hebrews it says a great cloud of witnesses. And these are those that have gone before us. And what a precious thing that is to have uh, these godly men and women who have gone before us, cheering us on as we live out this life on earth. Trusting God in his faithfulness and learning, Lord, to lean upon him in all situations that we are in. Well, I love you. I'm praying for you. And bye-bye for now.